Welcome to Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure. I'm Bill Tilly. And I'm Rob Schulte. Hi, Bill. Hi, Robs. Welcome back to another episode. You, me, fans, friends, audience members, we're here. We've made it. Yep, we've made it all the way. <laughs> it's And we didn't even have to wake up on a pile of luggage to redo it. Today we are watching Edge of Tomorrow slash Live, Die, Repeat, but we'll get into that in a moment. Bill, it's just a, a, a joy to be speaking to you again here in this sandwiched part of our episode. This is the bread, one, one big loaf on either side of the meat of our episodes. And everybody likes a big loaf, I of think. Of course. You know what everybody else likes that I've noticed, you know, since you live out in Los Angeles, Rob, a cornucopia, a, a dreamland of media and stardom and just everything that goes with it. Dear friend, Rob has another podcast called Vanderpump Robs, where he recaps the show Vanderpump Rules, which... Oh, you're doing it. You're doing luckily, it. You're going there. Yeah, luckily that, you know... I, it's not like Rob got me addicted on this show or anything, but God help me, I have taken an interest in these people's lives. I happen to know that a new season's getting fired up, so, you know, much like the title of this movie, I'd like to know, Rob, what happens when you live, pump, repeat? How is the new season going? <laughs> well, uh, at the time of this episode's release, I think they're currently filming season 10 which is interesting because since I've moved out here, I've become pretty good friends with Peter Madrigal. You know, we, we had been doing the movie podcast. We'd been doing like live shows, um, audio live shows, not yes. like audience live shows. And he's just a cool guy. Oh yes. Yeah. One of the, one of the most friendly people I've met coming out here. I've met a lot of friendly people out here, but Peter is like, he welcomed me with open arms. And so that means I get like, like the fish food of like, well, this is what's happening now in terms of, you know, what we're planning for for the seasons. And it's so weird to be on like that side of it. You know, I always know reality TV is what it is, right? Right. But I thought that Vanderpump Rules was way more like planned than it actually is. Like, I can't speak to any other reality show out there, Bill. But I know that Vanderpump Rules is pretty much like, hey, everyone, we're throwing a party over here and there will be cameras. And everything else is what happens when they show up. I think that makes a lot of sense because, uh, dear friends, Rob actually had me on one of his episodes a yes. while ago. And I know I made the comment that these people are made to be in front of the camera. Absolutely. I, I, it makes perfect sense to what you said, because I don't think they live their lives any differently if there's a camera pointed at them or not. That's just they are. They don't see it. Yeah, I don't think they see it. They've just it's become a thing in the background. That's just white noise. It's just expected to be there. So, well, and I think for some of the cast members, that is good. And for other cast members, that is very, very bad. Well, I, I've watched a bunch of these shows and that's true because some of them are, they're trying a little too hard. Yeah. yeah. And luckily uh, I think Peter hits that like perfect middle ground where like he's the manager of the restaurant or one of them. And so he gets to like go, Oh, I have to go work now. Uh, I'll see y'all later. Yeah. And like yeah. they can stay fighting and do what they do. Yeah. You know, he's the ones that might get a little too vocal on the show. Well, I think that's part of Peter's charm. You know, he's, he's out there doing his job. He's got a job to do. Those drinks, those pump teenies aren't going to serve <laughs> themselves, no matter who's throwing them in whose face. He's got to keep that thing moving. We need to get more cosmopolitan pump Oh, man. If only James Kennedy had been in this movie instead of Tom Cruise. This would have taken on a whole new look. Uh, if you'd like to check out Vanderpump Robs, it's on the same little podcast commune that this podcast is on. Well, you can find it. I promise you that. But Bill, we've lived, we've pumped, we've repeated. <laughs> should we now live, die, and repeat? I think we should both put some alien blood in our pump teeny and throw it in our own faces and dive into the Tom Cruise movie, Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow, or vice versa, depending on which poster you looked at. 
Bill, I've got the file folder this time. And it's time for a little mission briefing. And it goes a little something like this. An alien race, undefeatable by any existing military unit, has launched a relentless attack on Earth. And Major William Cage finds himself dropped into a suicide mission. Killed within minutes, Cage is thrown into a time loop, forced to live out the same brutal combat over and over, fighting and dying again and again. Each battle moves them one step closer to defeating the enemy in this intense action thriller. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You know, the time logic takes a little bit to get used to in this one, but... It's actually something I never quite got used to. It, yeah, and I think we'll get to it, but I think a bigger thing here, Bill, is that, like, does time travel ever make sense? And I think when they try and make it make sense, it becomes a movie like Primer, where you just have a headache the whole time watching it. Oof. I think, as far as these movies go, I think especially if you're writing one, the simpler you make the concept, like this one, the better it works. He's got yes. a loop. When he dies, he goes back, starts over that part of his day again. Why that part? Not exactly sure, but it's fine because it's always consistent and it always runs. And it's not about figuring out a bunch of stuff. He just figures it out along the way. So I think it really streamlined the idea of this movie. It's yeah. just a simple live, die, repeat. And there was a great bit of marketing. And in a sense, it works. It tells you basically all you need to know about that. And it's uh, based off of a manga manga called all you need is kill by hiroshi sakurazaka and let me tell you apparently i haven't read it but i was listening to nick weiger talk about it uh, on a i think a your kickstarter sucks podcast but um a bonus episode they were talking about how there is no backstory at all. There is no preamble like this movie gives us where we actually kind of start to understand Tom Cruise as a character. Really? No cage. Like the cage character just wakes up and that's how the manga starts. And wow, I think there's value in that. And I'm sure reading it would be really freaking awesome. And I'm, pro and I probably will after you hear my thoughts on today's episode, but I have a thought on Tom Cruise's character in this, but before we get there, is there anything I missed in the mission briefing, Bill? No, you. I didn't think you, so. You laid it all out of there, and I find. Well, we do have we do have some directors and actors that I didn't mention. We Tom do. Cruise, America's favorite actor, next to Tom Hanks. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, Emily Blunt, amazing. Oh yeah. But Bill, I think you know some of these thoughts I wanted to have fall more under a military intelligence section yeah and we're not even gonna have to read it twice we're just gonna do this once wow okay so it'll be great we, we uh, will live and continue to live yes we will live and not die and just do this one time it's really interesting i had a co-worker once a long time ago and he described tom cruise in a way that has never left me every role he's ever played the only thing that really changes for the most part is his occupation. And this movie is really different. And I think it ties into your part about the beginning of this movie. Yes. There's two yes. elements to this movie that are weird in a sense. One is the very opening of the movie with the real video footage of news events spliced in with made up footage. Yes. That kind of, that's the backstory of the movie, which there really don't need to be a lot of backstory. It gives you the gist invasion, what's taken over where we're at and those kind of things. I would rather they have not done that. It's just weird. I would rather they had done a Hunt for Red October style type crawl or something like that because Ooh. the footage doesn't fit. It looks really weird because some of it you can place and you know it's not what it's supposed to be, especially at one point when Hillary Clinton is seen on screen. <laughs> and it's this injection of a real life person who you know has nothing to do with this movie. You simply pulled this from It's so YouTube. hard when that happens. That's us. It's really bad. It's a it's a, a real bad step for this movie to start off that way. And luckily, it doesn't last very long. Well, let me but, actually just real quick, Bill, in that oh, those opening clips and stuff, I forget what the comment's name was, but there was like a famous comment that came through uh, in 2013, the year before this movie was made or came out. 
and they like showed footage of that. So I wonder if they were also being like, see all of these current events of things that happened are, yeah. are part. Of, yeah, I mean, like, obviously that's what they're trying to do, but like slipping in, like, and the comet was actually a spaceship. Yeah. The problem was we all know that was over Russia and they're telling yeah. us this is Germany. So yeah. it's a kind and of France. A <laughs> and then when Tom Cruise hits the screen, and they steal the background from war games and put it. Yeah, behind. I have that in my notes too. <laughs> that was it was so bad. It was like, wait a minute. So the Whopper's in charge of this real quick, but you know that oh, that's a man. callback thing. So I could have done without that, but luckily it's brief and it goes by. But then the other thing is, you get Seed Cruz as his PR person, and he is a smarmy guy, man. He's not of action here at this point. He's playing not a buffoon, but. He's not combat. He's PR. That's his job. He's not he interested playing in every here. shitty PR dude. You know? He is playing completely against Tom Cruise type. And oh, I love it. And that's like why Doug Lyman wanted to do the movie. Exactly. So I get that. Having been somebody, though, if you're somebody who's seen a lot of Tom Cruise movies, it takes you a minute to adjust to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think you'll have varying degrees of Tom Cruise people, Tom Cruise movies you've watched as much as you absorbed his Tom Cruise-ness as to how fast you can get over that. Some people, like me, it kind of drags all the way to the middle of the movie Yeah, when he starts being like Tom Cruise. But it is interesting, and I get exactly why they wanted to do it. Eventually, every actor, action hero wants to be comedy. Comedy wants to be drama. So, But it oh, worked. Dude, Bill, so, you're, you're leaving off one crucial part of that equation that i'd like to digress into for a moment so first of all i agree with you it takes too long to start giving a shit in this movie mm -hmm. like it's fun things look cool but like i was even watching it with mrs colombo and i was like no just get to this part and it's fun you know but also like if you want to tap out tap out because like mm -hmm. i this is a very specific movie that is good but you have to be like, okay, I'm going to get there because I know it's good. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean anything is bad leading up to when the movie actually, like, the catalyst takes place. But it's like, if you're already not really a sci-fi fan, if you're already not really a war movie fan, or at least you think, you know, it's not something you frequent, and then you get into a movie that has future war with giant mech suits and... Emily Blunt holding a metal sword. Mm -hmm. Like you might go, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I want to wait until it quote gets more exciting. Um, yeah. It's really strange. And for me, I get exactly what you're saying because part of this movie feels like first person shooter. Uh -huh. Part of it feels like standard sci-fi. And it really hit me. What you know, was weird is the movie looks great and, and all the ground work. And what I mean by that is when they're on the ground and they're going building to building or on the on the battlefront scenes when they invade and all, you see them. Geometry in this movie is amazing. It is incredible. But anything that is done from the air, it's not that it's really that it's not bad, but it is such a juxtaposition because they go hog wild in the air with what they can do. And I, this once again falls into my theory of just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. When you're at maximum shaky cam and maximum spin, and everybody's doing that thing where you throw humans around like they're rag dolls and something they would die instantly, but they roll over and they're fine. It mech just suits, takes, Bill. Mech it suits. Is a, yeah, it's a real split. But when they hit the ground and you see exploding tanks and sets and crash planes and real fire, then it works. It, it totally works. So yeah. it's it's a minefield, no pun intended, that you have to navigate watching this film. Yeah, I um, I think this movie rewards multiple watches, too not just because it repeats and they do subtle things like that, but because like, if you don't really know what you're getting into, you don't really know what to look at either for the first 45 minutes of the movie. Like not that you have to like, it's fun to look at new scenes and like all that sort of stuff. I think I, and I'll talk to this more towards the end actually, but I think, I think I really like this because it's so surprisingly good. It's not supposed to be good. Everything about this movie that you try to present to someone looks like the dumbest thing. I mean, like for your average, I think, moviegoer. I agree, yeah. especially because the front Like part Starship of the movie, Troopers, you know? <laughs> like Starship Troopers. And then the front part of this movie is confusing because you're not given a reason to care 
Tom Cruise's character is he goes into a meeting with the general. He's saying, I'm not going to fight for my world. You know, know, the general's like, hey, tomorrow's going to be a bloodbath and I don't want to get backsplashed on it. And Cruise is like, well, you know, we can work on it. And for some reason, he's like, you got to go to the front, Tom Cruise. And so here's what I got this time, too, because I was just like, I couldn't remember that, like why he was so anti it. And it actually makes Tom Cruise's character of Cage even shittier because the guy's like Donald, Gle- what's his name? Uh, Donald Gleason. Is that mm-hmm. that actor? Yeah. He's like, okay, so you are the person giving the speeches that our suits are going to win this war, right? So we need the proof is in the pudding. I'm going to put you on the battlefield, but I'm going to surround you with 200 soldiers so that we can get footage of you fighting in the mech suit. And then when Tom Cruise is like, no, I'm not going to do that and tries to escape, he gets arrested and thrown in the front lines. Yeah, it's a real it's a real weird kind of a deal because I don't see how that would be advantageous either other than, like, you can't film it. So you're not going to be like, here's our main PR guy that's been our I think it was just his punishment. I think that just, was just like, yeah, well, we don't but, put people in jail anymore because... We need soldiers. <laughs> yeah, and you've got to get through that whole first session for him to repeat. It's not like Tom Cruise was a key linchpin soldier who was about to win a key thing, but this happens to him, and now he gets redemption. Yeah. So you have to, like you said, you you aren't really given a reason to care for a good part of this movie. <laughs> and so you've just got to be into it to go, all right. We'll Which makes his redemption a little more exciting. It does. I will say. It does. Um uh, I just wanted to say in my military intelligence stuff, because we've covered the other notes, the one thing we haven't covered, Bill, is that uh, it's not stated in the movie, uh, but, you know, Rita has that giant sword, mm-hmm. and I, that that Final Fantasy VII type sword. Yeah. And the reason she uses the melee weapon is because during her resets, when she was, she had the mimic blood in her or whatever, she kept running out of ammo. She was in a position where, like, she couldn't get any guns and she could only use, like, melee weapons. And that's why she's, like, the only person seen with a melee weapon because why would you need one if you... <laughs> True. We don't actually issue any kind of swords to our standing military that I know. Yeah. We give them... But, you know, they give them bayonets. They do have edged weapons, so yeah. it makes sense, but it's... It's still using those bayonets right now in the trenches. Absolutely. But it's fun because, you know, this is the kind of movie where you are going to give a Thanos sword to a (laughs) a really cool character Uh and just let them tear through some stuff at some point. So when I don't question that kind of a thing at all in a movie like this, I'm like, of course, she's got the, the demon killer sword. Why wouldn't she? Anyway, Bill, I think it's time to settle the score. We're going to settle it and we're going to settle it once and for all. I like the score on this movie. It's really good. It's a great action score. It's right in line with a lot of other movies of the time. It's done by uh, Christoph Beck. I think you pronounce his name Christoph Beck. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, not Christopher. And so this I'm is going- obviously uh, of the Beck family Odelay. Of course. You can get the uh, 12 inch DJ remix of Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat, Repeat. That's <laughs> your local Sam Goody. Um, he's an accomplished composer. He's worked on a lot of stuff. He worked on the Buffy TV show. Uh, he scored Red, Ant Man, several more movies. Like, he is a veteran of this kind of movie. He's, he's, a, he's a movie music guy, but Very not much. a Hans Zimmer. No, no. The score. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, Bill. Like, yeah, because because much like uh, what people will hear in a few months on Alien versus Predator Requiem, Requiem mm-hmm. we are recognizing that there's kind of a pattern in action films that the music doesn't matter in, and but it, but it could. I don't know. It's weird. It is weird because. I watched a ton of movies growing up, a ton of television, and the idea of a theme that you could remember was paramountly important to what you were doing. It You had incidental music all over the place, but everybody had a theme. James Bond had a theme. Superman had a theme. But movies had themes. It was just something that needed to stick into your head. 
And this is one of those movies. It's 2014 movie. This is that time where that music is completely serviceable. It works well with what's going on screen. I don't have a problem with a single bit of it, but I can't remember any of it. Not yeah. a bit of it. And that goes for, look at the first page of Christoph Beck's movies. Yeah. Do I remember Ant-Man's soundtrack? No. You can remember the first few beats of the Avengers. Yeah, it's like, whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. But that's because we've had to hear it since 2008. Exactly. But if I hummed you the first few notes of 1989's Batman, yep. you'd know it in a heartbeat. As we go through these movies, I am lamenting more and more the loss of that key theme. But there was the one part is not so much the score. It's the soundtrack in this movie, which this sound, this movie has four songs that are used in it that are actual songs. And at the very end of this movie, it once again took the music and blew me out of the water. This movie has an Iron Man ending, an Iron Man ending <laughs> with the credits. And I just could not grasp what I was seeing. I turned to my fiance. I was watching this. I'm like, is this real? Is he going to look to camera and go, I'm Iron Man? There's a cartoon cut with all these weird animations. This this rock and roll really that's like coming song kicks in it's, from John oh, Newman. Oh God, yeah, it is. It is a hard turn from this movie. It's as hard as the turn they took, as we discussed last week in Alien versus <laughs> Requiem at the end. It just last week weird in the recording episode. Yeah, when we uh, shot ourselves in our podcast head and went back in time and discussed it, yes, we've done yes. before. So you know. Now people finally understand why we took this strategy in recording these episodes. How many times have we recorded this episode, Rob? On your feet! Now, Bill, we've talked about scores of films a hundred times, you know, time and time again. And, you know, we've, we come across the same answer. Maybe next week, I wait with bated breath on the next Bill Tilly pick. This is a me pick, if anyone else didn't know. Bill, but I keep talking... And we've got more pod to cover. We should probably move on to who's going to have him some fun. I'm always curious. Who's going to have him some fun is obviously which character, which person, which entity of the film that is being made is having the most fun hanging out, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you define that as. And I have to say, I think it's Tom Cruise, because I think Tom Cruise is having the most fun in every movie he makes, whether or not anyone else is having fun around him. I could see that. Most people will say on Tom Cruise movies, regardless of what you think of Tom Cruise's politics or yep, beliefs. We're getting into it. He makes a movie. He makes a movie. He he gives it his all. Hell yes. He asks a lot from the other. And I don't see a lot of his coworkers having a lot of issues with him. I, I watched the behind the scenes with Emily Blunt. She loved making this movie with Tom Cruise. Yep. Cause Tom wants to make movies that are just incredibly entertaining. Am I going to do it? Or am I not going to do it? Period. And am I going to look at that guy? Or am I too afraid because I have my own out ethics to put in someone else's ethics? And that's all it comes down to. You can't take that away from the guy and it shows in his performance. So I am not surprised you picked this, but why specifically did you pick this, Rob? Was there anything that really stood out to you? Well, I think playing a character where Tom is not all American hero from beginning to end, even if he does have to learn how to fight in the mech suit, like he's not a good guy at the beginning and having like the courage of being like, I have a persona that I've never really acted as, except for maybe Magnolia. I am the one who's in charge. I think on the breaking the fourth wall side of this, Tom spent over $100,000 on the rap party for the cast and crew of this movie. Of his own money! Like, wow. not even like, take it out of my salary from the movie. No, I'm going to put up and pay $100,000 for a party that he didn't attend because he was finishing extra scenes for the movie. Wow. So I guess not all of the crew got to go to the party, but think about if that party's going on and you're the like five members of the crew that have to film oh. Tom's final scenes. If you spent $100,000 on like 50 people, if there are five people shooting a scene with him, you know they're all getting like Rolexes or something. 
Oh, I'm sure they, he just, you know, gave them five Triumph motorcycles and yeah. put them on their way. And it's yeah. probably how that works. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were compensated for their time on that, but yeah, he, that, that is a hell of a pick. I think so. Definitely shows in the movie. And I give Tom Cruise credit. You know, he, he seems to be having fun, not being the hero. And I think that's an ego burst that not a lot of actors would yep. be able to pull off. Like so. the thing I was going to say earlier, Bill, uh, musicians want to be comedians mm -hmm. comedians want to be rock stars sure and yeah. it's some of the most painful things you have to watch when you're just like you're already the thing people enjoy you for you don't have to be the other thing you can but don't be so obvious about it man that's just sad for some of us who uh don't have success yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Tom Cruise it, is not that he is a brash young army PR exec that matures right before your very eyes uh, hopefully he never decides he wants to pony up the money to make Battlefield Earth 2, in which case. You know what? We'll talk about Scientology another time. Sure. Now, Bill, uh, who do you think is going to have him some fun? So, my choice could only be one choice in this movie. It really only could. It's an actor near and dear to my heart. I'm giving my award to Bill Paxton, Sergeant uh, Farrell. I just, from start to finish, look... I think Bill Paxton is a great actor. He plays a role in a way that nobody else plays it. He can play a guy who's not great, but you like him. He can yep. play a guy you like that you like even more. You know, ever since I first saw him that I can remember him as Chet in Weird Science, he just has a perfect vibe. And when he comes on screen, when Tom Cruise asks if he's in the, if he's in the American Army, he said he's not, I'm not from America. I'm from Kentucky. You couldn't pull that line off with anybody else. He is just oh, the perfect man. amount of smarm, but competent. I mean, he is just great. He's great. And he chews every scene, every scene in this movie, especially the scenes with Cruz. He goes toe to toe with Tom Cruise. And granted, Tom Cruise is playing a character who doesn't have it all together. But if he'd been going toe to toe with Maverick in this movie, he could have done it. Yeah, no questions asked. So up and down the board, Bill Paxton is just a superstar, and he uh, makes a nice connection because he breaches into the alien universe, and the aliens fight the predators. So if you want to go for your six degrees of Bill Paxton, <laughs> six degrees of go. Valverde, <laughs> yeah, six degrees of Valverde, Bill Paxton definitely falls right in there. So he is having fun all across the board in this movie. So I encourage everybody to watch this movie, if nothing else, just to see Bill Paxton be incredible. Always uh, an actor to celebrate in a film. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't agree more with you there. But I still think Tom Cruise is having more fun. Um, <laughs> it's time for playback time. After a long hiatus, Vanderpump Robs is back with season four. If you're unfamiliar with Vanderpump Robs. It's a sexy, unique recap podcast focusing on the comedy that comes from reality TV, and more specifically, Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Robs is known as the best Vanderpump Rules recap podcast. We all know this, but did you know that in season four, my guest co-host will be Peter Madrigal? If you're familiar with our Spotify live show, you're not going to want to miss us rewatch every episode of the fourth season of Vanderpump Rules. So subscribe to Vanderpump Robs, and we'll see you this summer with brand new episodes. Oh, hey, and tell your friends. Oh, and also, go listen to all the old episodes. It's Vanderpump Robs. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Bill, would you please remind our audience what that means? Playback time is a moment where we pick a standout moment from the movie that we would love to watch over and over again for any reason, good any. or bad. So when we let you know what it is. So, <laughs> Rob, you went first on the last segment. I will take this one. So this movie is made for this part because it is this part. And it's it actually is difficult to look into it because the whole movie is just re it's repeating. It's repeating all over the place. It's Groundhog Day. It's everything all over and over again. And my first thought was I really love the beach landing uh -huh. in the movie mm -hmm. because of all the reasons I stated. It looks great, looks real, and whatever. And then I thought a little bit more about it, and I'm like, nope. What really I want to watch over and over again is the 
caravan escape scene. <gasps> yeah. Is about the middle of the movie. Once they finally figured out how to get past the beachhead, they have to go to a deserted caravan, as they say in Europe, which is campers. Yep. Camper park. And there's Got a car hooked up. Yep. And there's a car hooked up with a camper behind it. He tells Emily Blunt, make sure you unhook the caravan, which she does not. There's an escape scene with a mimic after him. And the whole time I'm watching this movie with this terrible car pulling this terrible camper down what is supposed to be an English countryside, all I could think of was, this is a scene out of Top Gear. <laughs> if Clarkson and Hammond and May had popped around the corner, I would not have batted an eye because they hate caravans. I was like, I've seen this before. I've seen people tear apart campers like this. And that's what it was. It was, I think it's great. It's funny. It's got all the action parts that this movie's got in. If I was going to tell somebody to want to watch this movie, this is the clip of the movie I would watch. I mean, watch Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt escape in this terrible Citroen car towing this crap camper. You half expect a stick to walk in from stage left and just take over the wheel. So I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. Bill, I totally agree. I uh, was looking at my notes and I remember what I was going to write down at first. And then I got torn away because I was like, oh, what about this other scene? And what ended up in my notes was a lot of amazing things to play back. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, but I think mine was originally the drop to the beach up until the second drop to the beach. Mm -hmm. Because I think you could grasp what's going on. And so if I'm really trying to get someone to watch it, I would be hard. I, I think your scene is better. I think that's a better one to play back. But I think the beach to beach first is the thing that will like lock in a viewer. Oh, for sure. It's great. I mean, it's on the cover of the movie. So yeah, it's, that's true. And it is, it is phenomenal. It is a great, it, they took their inspiration from D-Day. I read that. So, and yeah. it's what it looks like. It looks the scene when the, the one scene we get when they're flying off the white cliffs, coming in and those mm -hmm. super duper osprey looking helicopters the thing oh, is amazing man. it's amazing there's something wrong with your suit there's yeah. a live viewer of this podcast in it <laughs> uh, let's talk about the time to bleed my answer is going to be a little bit more involved because i would like to talk about the time travel mechanics in this oh this is going to be fun uh so I'm going to ask you first who, who your time to bleed is. And maybe yours is just as long of an answer as mine. Uh, maybe not, because my on-screen death that made an impact was the exact scene where Tom Cruise, in one of his repeats, he's on PT and he's doing push-ups. And his first time he tries to escape PT and he rolls, he wants to roll under a moving truck to the other side and get away. And he doesn't make it. And the truck rolls over him and kills him. When that happens, you don't see it happen to him. You see him start, and you hear the Wilhelm scream go off. <gasps> and Bill Paxton, as Sergeant Farrell, is like, what was he thinking? And that moment right there, I turned to my fiance. I'm like, he's Wiley Coyote. <laughs> I, I, all it was short was a sign that just said, yikes, it was big to pop up. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, this movie is really messes with you. It's so fun to watch, but it's like the time travel elements and then the army element and the action. Element, and then it is good. Then they like surprise comedy. It is the slapstickiest humor in this movie. And honestly, my brain tells me this shouldn't work. Uh -huh, but it uh -huh. does. The, yes. The, the does work. Cruise flakes at work. I think. If Bill Paxton's not there to do it this way, I don't think it, it's as good. But like everybody around, the actors on yep. the side, they're shocked. It's just, it was a great moment. It's just like, I get it. This movie, thank God, wants me to laugh. It yeah. wants me to laugh here and because I really need to laugh at some points because it can't be as serious the whole way. And I think that is a crucial thing. Science fiction movies, action movies, there have to be points where you laugh. There have to yeah. be points where you all just kind of take a breath and go, oh, Break the tension. I get it because otherwise if it take if the movie takes itself too seriously, I can't really get with it at all. If the movie pokes too much fun at itself or too many callbacks or too many, whatever, I'm like, all right, movie, you're not trying to be a movie. You're just trying to tell me, Hey, remember these other movies? This was great. Yep. yep. That moment was great. He did a perfect Wile E. Coyote under that truck. And so that's my time to bleed. It's so funny because that moment is so like, 
ripe for a '90s stand-up comedian to be like, "Well, that guy'll do anything to get out of exercise," but that's not the joke they go with. No, it's just no. funny that it happens. You're right. You know? You're absolutely like, right. There's no pun. Paxton doesn't no, look it's at just funny joke. because he rolls under a car, and you're like expecting him to not because yeah. he's, it, at least we know he's repeating shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we you and that's the best part about some of these uh, repeats is that like you don't know if it's gonna be that he's done it a hundred times already or if it's the first time he's gotten there. And that saves it because there is a point in this movie and any movie that has like groundhog day type effects where you're like okay how how long do i have to like keep watching the same scene mm -hmm. and so to find like even if the scene is good each time you see it your brain starts doing that thing where it's like well okay i just get to the the new parts right i want to know the new parts um right but i'm gonna say that time to bleed i think is most important to talk about is the omega there are the alphas and the omegas right mm -hmm. the omega is the thing that's sitting below the louvre for some reason it likes art hey and you know what for a movie looks great makes sure. no sense for the story uh yep. that it would strategically pick there but hey maybe there's a bunch of underground caverns in europe i don't know about it's all relic that's what it did rob yes it did oh my <laughs> god but it was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to up the brightness level, throw a little blue yeah. on things. Yeah. Now, they tell us early on in the movie that it's like a hive mind, Borg queen type scenario. Mm -hmm. You kill the host. You kill the tendrils. And what I think I comprehend, there are three types of aliens in this war. You've got the Omega, which is under the Louvre. It's in control of the time loops. Yep. You've got the alpha, not the grunts, but the one stage in between the omega and the grunts. And they are the ones that actually go back in time and repeat if they don't succeed, right? Correct. Controlled by the omega. And then there's a bunch of like machine tentacle things that are just used to destroy. So when the alpha, the middle level, bleeds on you and kills you, you now have their blood and you're essentially tapped into the system. So wherever you die, you get reset because that's what happens to those alphas mm -hmm. to start the to win the war. Right. And Tom Cruise dies on that day, so then he has to start that day from when he woke up. Correct. So then when they finally do everything, the killing of the Omega actually happens before the beach scene where Tom originally gets killed. Right. Because when he wakes up the last time, they're talking about the invasion. But at this point, he's already had a blood transfusion. So when he goes to kill the Omega, he kills the Omega, but gets the Omega's blood on him so that he can repeat again. Does he get the Omega's blood in him, or there's another alpha in the water? Or maybe that's what it was. One way or he, another, he, he gets, gets covered in blood. Yeah, he gets covered in the time loop blood. Yes. But as Tom Cruise is dying, the Omega dies before him or, or just after. Somehow there's a blurred grade area where the Omega dies, but Tom Cruise doesn't. And Tom Cruise gets to start over again, but the Omega's dead. This is like I, a Terminator arm scenario. Right? So that's why he comes back earlier than he did the time before? Yes. Yes. Well, because I, he died earlier than the time before. Well, I'm glad you gave me something because I was a drowning man with this time travel <laughs> bit. Because... I didn't, I, maybe I missed something. I don't think I did because it was never explained, but like, I don't understand. Didn't understand why that moment every time the on your feet maggot was the moment he went back to. What was so special about that other than he woke up? I guess that's, I think that's where his day started. I, okay. That would make sense because he was asleep on the helicopter when somehow, that day started and woke up. So at least that clears that part up. But I've, we we watched the end of this movie and when it, when it was over, uh, my fiance just looked at me and the only thing she said was, huh? And I was <laughs> like, I'm not sure what happened either. The one thing I say is like, if Tom yeah. Cruise had just died and he killed the thing, I had been like, okay, 
you got what you needed, but nobody survived. It would have been as one of those self-sacrifice. I know, but I also feel like they wanted to leave this movie open for a sequel. Sure. You do. And plus apparently it's still in the works. Yeah. Which it is. And I get it. You know, most times like you don't kill Tom Cruise, but (laughs) I, I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's, it's almost fine that I didn't, understand it because the movie was a lot of fun to watch so i kind of just went "Eh, okay yeah that's fine good on you movie well bill i think we have gotten to that point in time where this good on you movie needs to get rated Mm -hmm. and that comes after our debriefing of our thoughts but i think as we've learned the debriefing and the late fees come together We we're gonna we skate this line a little bit. So what I'll say about my debriefing here, this is like Saving Private Ryan, if Saving Private Ryan were a good movie. I think this movie showed me what I like in movies, and that's to be surprised and to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you can show me as many veterans watching Twenty Twenty. And saying, it really sounds like the bullet whizzing past your ear all you want. That doesn't make it a good movie. True. What I am saying here is that this movie is fun. Fun movies are generally always good. And I don't think I'm ever going to say, you know what type of movie I really like? I really like psychological dramas that deal with childhood trauma. Like, no, I don't jump to come and see. You well, know, like, gee whiz, Rob, you're never going to work for Paramount Plus with that attitude. <laughs> also, I hate award shows, which is pretty much where all of the movies that people that that people don't say like, oh, yeah, that's my go to flick. Uh, oh, I am right there with you about award shows. We will not be doing an award shows podcast, everyone. If you're going to say that you have to be completely stable to be a good Hollywood person, then we don't get any good Hollywood people. That's my Tom Cruise impression. That is awesome. Uh, dude. Viewers, I, viewers seeing at home, then they got that one. Yeah, that need that's going to be on the front page of, <laughs> our, of the National Enquirer right yeah. there. That'd be a great gift. What you, Bat Boy and uh-huh. Rob Schulte. Yeah. So, what about you, Bill? What about you? What's your debriefing? Uh, I think, like you, Rob, this movie's fun. It's a good movie. Yes, to watch. It's a lot of fun. You can't think about the logic of a lot of it you just can't and that's fine i don't go in to understand that it's it's a simple enough thing that the the holes that are there they're fun to talk about but there's not a lot of them it's just like this is a story about what happens in a day and somebody getting through there are parts of it that made me really think after on the second viewing as opposed to the first because the first one was just a pure fun ride the second one like most movies i think that's the one where you think about the movie what Mm -hmm. it is and what like things like how could you do a thing a thousand times? Even if you're repeating the day, you're not getting older or whatever. Could you remember that? Dude. Rob, I, humans don't have that kind of ability to retain information. Well, it makes you think like, like the muscle memory too, right? So like, exactly. So like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, like learns to play the piano and shit. And we're supposed to be like, geez, he was there forever. And uh-huh. it's like, even that strains credulity. You know what it I mean? It does. Because who could, who couldn't go crazy? Really? Yeah. If you're talking yeah. about that many repeats of days in a row, who wouldn't go insane reliving? He's probably this movie. He would have had to, he learned how to fly a helicopter. He learned how to do work this exosuit. He's doing that thing where you're like, all right, I need to just hold this step here for three seconds, turn right, go 45 degrees. It's an impossible amount of information to remember. Impossible. Even if Absolutely he could impossible. do it himself, communicating that when he and like Emily Blunt have to walk yeah. into the off, like, Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, but you just, you know, luckily the, the movie doesn't, like you said, keep us in these points for so many, so long that we can't accept it anymore. So we just let that go. And when, you know, yeah. do that, forget about the aliens. The part about this movie that does date itself and suffer is not its own fault. But like, this is post Transformers and I'm over the Michael Bay tentacle alien. Yeah. Yeah. Creatures. The, the thing about this is, and this is my predator tie-in remark that you know the predators are brutalistic somewhat animalistic creatures but yet they have space technology and so they have mathematicians and guys that do electrical work and yeah you know it's weird to have that but they all are also just hunting forward like that's all yeah but they snarl like what are these things and why do they why do they do it and 
why do they call them mimics? They don't mimic anything other than I thought it would be great if they said what they're mimicking is the creatures from Tremors. And this is actually the Tremors universe future. That would have been. Yeah. Mimic feels like it probably has more reasoning in the manga. Yeah. Rather than here, because it's like no one forgive me if I missed a piece of dialogue here. But it doesn't seem like anyone except for Emily Blunt, Tom Cruise, and Mad Scientist know about the repeat part of. Yeah, no, nobody that I can remember in this movie. So, so what are they mimicking? Yeah, I don't and is it? I, I could be really dumb. It could be just as simple as like they're really good at mimicking our war style because they're living it over and over again. But maybe they are. That's kind of that thing of you know you can't like they're the most fierce thing ever. But anyway, yeah, they're. They they've made the movie in a way that it all is fine. It's it's ID four, fine. Yeah. It's a really good movie to go out and just have some fun with. Yeah. So how do we rate it? Well, the movie is a little bit tough to rate at first because it's a movie based on repeats, so it's mm-hmm. a much narrower scope in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of shaky cam. That is my mm-hmm. one knock on this movie. That's hard. No yeah. more enough with shaky cam. Even in the still scenes, shaky cam, not a fan. But one thing could not help but catch my eye. And it's in the mech suit suit up scene as they hit the beach. One of the members of J Squad, Kimmel, he fights in a jock strap. And on the front of his mech suit, he has a teddy bear taped to it. Now, Rob, I'm going (laughs) to let everybody in on a little secret. I grew up in a house with a mother who adored teddy bears to the point of too many teddy bears oh that's how that was so i see this bear strapped to the front of this naked man in a giant exosuit i'm like that's my icon for this movie so on a scale of one to five war-torn mech suit strapped teddy bears how many of these gritty dominating badass little bears would you give up to hold on to edge of tomorrow for one more day Five. Five bears. We're not going to get many of them this series. I got to give it all five. How about you, Bill? Oh, wow. That kind of, that took my breath away there for a minute. That was intense. I really like this movie. I really, oddly enough, I picked a thing that I don't care to have in my house anymore, which is teddy bears. So easy to give up the five. True. And you know what? For a Saturday night movie, I'm going to come in. I can't give hey, it no hard feelings if you're not a five. Yeah, I, a I five. don't think I can give it a full five to be fair, but I'm going to give back four of these war torn teddy bears and I'm going to give back also the jock strap of Kimmel's <laughs> that got blown off of him when the helicopter landed on that surely landed on one of those bears. Oh man. So I'm going to throw in a, a part that's not in the rating system. So four bears and Kimmel's jock strap. Imagine if great. that jock strap had to keep. Repeating the same day over and over. I guess it oh, did. I, I feel like I think it did. I think it yeah. repeated every day over and over again. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you, Bill, before we sign off today and give our nice little, you know, please give us five stars and stuff. Um, so Tom Cruise is almost 60. Obviously, Hollywood magic, the man keeps himself together. That's great. He's 59. Keanu Reeves, 57 for any, you know, perspective. Both of these guys about Rob Lowe's age, Brad Pitt, 58, same. You know, these all these handsome Hollywood men doing it right, correct? Sure. But what is an old man Tom Cruise movie? Like, there is going to be a day where he can't do all of these stunts. Wow. He's going to be able to do a lot of stunts, and he's, like, trained his body to do that. But, like, when he's not an action hero anymore, what is he? And when did Tom Cruise pivot only into action movies never mind we don't need to answer that one but like i don't know but you that is a fascinating question because what are his movies gonna be i can't tom cruise in the fucking pelican brief no to the pelican yeah tom cruise in the firm too yeah you know, the firm it's just all buyout the firm was kind of actiony thrillery that, well know? he punched wilford brimley in the face and he like so. didn't he have to like hold his breath on the roof of that building or something uh, sure you know yeah sure. I, yeah he had to do something yeah, where he had, he had to do exert. something like that i don't know that's a good question rob because you know what is he the gonna mummy? deem a stretch at that point you know you've he's not like you're you think about sean connery you know 
as James Bond, young, good-looking, tough, rugged guy. And as he aged, he played the elder statesman in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Kept doing action for a long time. But he just naturally gravitated in that. Is Tom Cruise going to be able to take on like that kind of a, a role where he's just like the the cooler or the guy in charge or the one on the microphone? or I don't know. I really don't. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch down the road. What do you think was Tom Cruise's last movie that wasn't leaning more on the action side than hmm. not? Huh. Eyes Wide Shut? Yep. I think that's it. Because Eyes Wide Shut is 1999. And before that was Jerry Maguire, 96. Not an action movie. True. And then after Eyes Wide Shut was Magnolia. Not an action movie. Not an action character. But immediately after that, Mission Impossible 2. Vanilla Sky, which was not an action movie, but had some running and shit like that. Minority Report, Last Samurai, Collateral, War of the Worlds, Mission Impossible, Valkyrie, Knights, you know, Jack Reacher, The Mummy. True. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, that that's when Mission Impossible really started kicking into gear. Well, he really and threw then, himself into that franchise, and they made, yeah. what, 62 Mission Impossible movies so oh, far? Man. Something like that. So Mission Impossible 7 is in post-production, and Mission Impossible 8 is currently filming. And look... So we're going to some... get a Mission Impossible 8 with, with a Tom Cruise who is currently 59, but will be in his 60s when that movie comes out. Yeah, I don't I don't even know, man. I'm still waiting for Top Gun 2. I'm waiting for really... Untitled Tom Cruise SpaceX project. Oh, good Lord. I mean, Oblivion 2. It'll just, yeah. he's not, uh-huh. he's, well, give him, give Tom Cruise credit. I mean, he's done the franchise, doesn't really do sequels ever. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, you know, Top Gun 2 is, is an outlier. The Mission Impossible franchise was it was a franchise from the start, uh-huh. so you can't really go with that. I don't know. Has there been more than one of him as Jack Reacher in the movies? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that one kind of fell by the wayside anyway. Yeah, so I know it was Like they wanted it to be. Yeah, and he was going to do that dark universe thing with the mummy that didn't mm-hmm. go off the ground. But uh, I, And maybe that's why... We accept Tom Cruise in these roles so Wait, much because there are seeing... three Jack Reacher movies. Oh, I haven't seen the first one. No, sorry, two. Jack Reacher and Jack Reacher Never Go Back. The other one I read was Rock of Ages. Ah, uh, so. <laughs> anyway, Bill, I've kept us here too long. Thanks for turning so, into the Tom Cruise cast. Yeah, I, if you'd like to hear us only watch Tom Cruise movies, I would do it. And if you want us to watch all of the Mission Impossible movies, I would do it. But for now, Bill, another wonderful episode. (laughs) We made it. We made it. Hey, Rob, it was another wonderful episode. We made it. We made it. (laughs) Wait, did I do that? Did we say that twice? I don't know. I don't know. I'm currently rolling underneath a Jeep as we Uh, speak. Just roll far enough. I I like you. I want to keep you around. Of course. Um, Bill, wonderful, wonderful time. I, I, every time I watch this movie, I have so much fun. It's, it's just we've said it in the episode. It's a popcorn muncher. It's great. And Tom Cruise is, it was weird as he is. It's great to see him in a role like that. Say what you want about the guy. He makes movies. He makes a movie that you can go and have a good time with. And I'm gonna say, it. You don't have to switch off your brain. For movies like this, you can leave it on. You're yeah. going to catch some stuff that seems a little weird, but that's kind of the fun part. It's just really, really neat to just see a thing that just goes for it. And it's like, all right, this is a story we're telling, and we'll see you in a couple hours. And you're going to be happy and glad that you got the big box popcorn and paid your eight bucks. It's going to be great. And if anyone wants to send us the manga, uh, then uh, you'll get a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. You sure will. Hey, hell, you can come on, be a guest and talk to us about it. That um, is an absolute possibility, people. So uh, we, Rob and I love to have guests. So if you've got something fun to say, let us know. Hell, Bill, uh, next week we start the Predator series. We might have a couple of guests on that franchise. We just might. We got to have some people to fill this chopper up. You can't just be you and me out here in the middle of this jungle. So, And if things go right, Bill. Hulu will finally release the prequel to the Predator called Prey, and we'll be able to 
to start off with the series chronologically because you know i've been like hitting that hard i want it to be chronological man oh man prey is like that big log that arnold suspends just waiting to drop it's like come on man just do this thing although it is weird to think of a predator movie and it's premiering on hulu instead of a movie theater it's a different well, man, world it's, it i mean the first batman movie in a long time and it was like an hbo release i guess and theater but geez yeah it's still something that i think back about how you know you used to wait three years for the video cassette to come out and now it's out a couple of weeks later it's a weird thing i really don't want to see movie theaters become a thing that goes away because we have recently started having date yep. night movie night me and my fiance and you really can't substitute the experience of a good movie theater i understand that depends on the theater and where you're at and what you have access to but True. we saw several movies we saw batman we saw the new top gun movie on oh, the screen yes. and as big as you can get your tv in your house and as nice as your sound system can be it's not the same so it's, it's not as much of an event no. you know hey i um you know what we should plan for in the future though bill is we should rent out a movie theater and have some of our fans and friends come and watch a movie with us. I think <laughs> if things are safe and we can actually get that together, uh, we'll do it. Someone else help us, but we would love to do an event in a movie theater. Hey, if somebody wants to help us be a benefactor and get us to a nice overnight stay at the Blockbuster video bread and breakfast store. <laughs> yes. It's out on your coast. We can make it on up there. I'm sure we got our, to. We I'm got sure to. Our friends would like that. Hey, and you know, the best way that can happen is when more people know about the podcast. So, Bill, we got to remind everyone to just share this episode. You know, a, a good thing to do is just retweet us or or go to your own social media and say, I'm loving this podcast. It's great. Hey, you could even send a link to this podcast to your family group text. That would be amazing. And then screenshot your weird aunt's response to it. And then we'll share that on the yes, pod as well. Please do. And yeah, take a line from this movie. Listen, share, repeat. Yes. That's what we need you to do, folks. It's the currency of the modern day, especially in podcasting. It's free. It's the best thing you can do for us because we need to get the word out if we want to be able to keep doing this in a productive way that is good for me and Rob. And the more support we can get, uh, the more we can put behind the show and the more we can give you. And believe me, you haven't seen our want list of movie themes. We want to give you yes. stuff. And these are movies that are not all just mainstream stuff that you've heard a million times. Rob and I are digging deep. You know, we're swimming through the sea like Tom Cruise. A sea I've got of, my waders on. Sea of alien movies and and jungle movies and mercenary movies, all that stuff, you know, and we're willing to watch pod and repeat for you uh it's the only thing i've ever wanted bill consistency of waiting through alien sludge so that mm -hmm. we can watch pod repeat and speaking of repeat i would like to repeat what we do at the end of most episodes and let everyone know that a big thank you has to go out to patrick who's helping us edit these episodes mrs colombo for her great qa checks and helping bill and i make the best most listenable episodes possible. Jothan, who did our podcast art. Draxium and Dr. Z, who wrote the theme song. I mean, I'm air guitaring to it right now, and it's not even playing. It's wonderful. You can find links to Draxium and Dr. Z's band camps in the show notes, and you can also find links to how you can support this podcast. There's a non-subscription way of giving us $1 or more, which leads to those movie nights that we're talking about. Absolutely. Or, Bill, we do have the Adventure Line. Yes. And the Adventure Line is where you can leave us a voice memo that can be featured on this show as soon as we are able to get it, harness it, and put it into the pod. That number is 213 Five four five six one seven six. That's two one three five four five six one seven six. It's also down there in the show description. You can join our Discord. You can follow us on social media. All the stuff you need is in the show notes. It's great. 
all the things. And that line does ring a red rotary phone under a cake cover on a pedestal in Rob's house. And then the Rob signal goes up into the air so that I know to go talk to Commissioner Bill. Uh, It takes me a while to get over there, but I promise I'll, I'll get the deed done that needs to get done. Yeah, do me a favor, man. Park your jet a little farther away from the house next time, because that's people are starting my to lawn. stare. <laughs> it's, ca- I mean, you know, it's not really causing a problem yet, but you know, it's scaring the cat. Well, I'm sorry I left all those rocks there the other day too. It wasn't the rocks; it was the big pile of guys with T-shirts that just said "goon" is laying <laughs> there. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? Oh, Bill. Okay, so next week's a big week for us. We have gone through our preamble of the podcast with this episode and really starting off the series strong i'm i'm really looking forward to it and it'll be a an amazing time for people to jump in uh if they haven't caught up so far so if you're listening to this episode and you know you've got friends that like podcasts um you're in on the ground floor and you're going to be able to show them something that is gonna have legs hey and arms yeah, they're cloaked, so I don't know. Will you be it's able true. to see them or not? But yes, if anybody out there has just been looking at that brochure for Scenic Val Verde and not gotten to go yet, well, now's the time because we're going to do this. Absolutely. All right, Bill. Well, I guess I'll see you next week in Val Verde. All right. I will get to the chopper and see you there. <laughs>